What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of 94 Feet with Coach JT. Um, do me a favor. Please leave a like and comment, man. Those comments are important. Those likes are important for the YouTube, on the audio. Um, hit the show on all social media platforms, man. Apple Podcasts, Google, everything. Um, before we get started, too, once again, just want to give a, 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 a humble blessing and prayers going out to everybody who's going through these fires, the the water down in uh, New Orleans, the East Coast, the floods. Just, just everybody is going through something right now everywhere, along with what we're doing with this COVID thing still. So just... Pray for everybody, somebody else. Um, be thankful for what you have. And, uh, man, I'm thankful to be here again today to bring you guys some dope content and, and other dope guests. Um, so just take a second and listen to this this brief intro um, as we get started. Um, currently, this gentleman um, is a WUBA Coach of the Year and All-Star Coach this season. Um, also, he is a 2011, participated in the Oakland Pro-Am. Um, 2015-2016, he signed up playing the ABA Semi-Pro Basketball California Golden Tigers um, Warriors Basketball Camp in 2019. In 2018, he signed with the San Francisco City Cats Pro-Am ABA team. Also, um, in this one right here, in 2011 through 2017, this gentleman persevered, fought through um, kidney failure. Um Still here to talk about it. Um, currently, we'll get into this man's personal just story, um, but also I want to give a big shout-out because we linked up within two, three days' time, and he came down, no questions asked, made it happen. Um, also is the current um, designer or CEO, however I want to call it, of Struggle Made Clothing. You guys, uh, Struggle Made Clothing. Um, the gentleman's name is Frank Scott. Frank, what's good, Frank? How you what's doing? What's going on, baby? How you doing? Man, I appreciate you being here, man. Um, thanks for making that ride down the hill a little bit through the traffic to the heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? I feel it. Um, but as you know, in the game of basketball, 94 feet, man, we're going to jump right into it. But I think today I'm going to start a little different, man. I'm going a, I'm to a jump into this straight to the ad- adversity part of your story. Hmm. Um, 2011 through 17 just want to get into how that that hits you and how how'd you get through that whole time in your life man because that is a major issue um i'm sure you had some uh help along the way but also man just give me a little bit about that um well 2011 um i was diagnosed with kidney failure and um i was put on dialysis uh for about seven years uh, during that time i was pretty much playing ball uh, I was working a job, working a security job, just doing something to make do, whatever. Um, I found out because I got real sick at one point at work. I was, I had like this crazy nosebleed, and um, after like so many hours went by, it wouldn't stop. So I knew that wasn't normal. Um, us as black folk, we really feel like we can always self-treat everything. So um, I went home that evening. And I just laid down, and uh, I just felt weak, so um, I just laid down. After a while, uh, I felt real nauseous, like I needed to throw up. So by the time I actually got up out the bed to go throw up, you know, I just threw up all the blood that had went down during the whole day. So after that, I took myself to the emergency. Um, They checked my vitals. My blood pressure was, like, super high like 190 over like 100 like it was like stroke numbers um they admitted me right away Mm. and then uh later on that evening after a bunch of labs and tests they found out that that was the issue so they came to me you know i'm still hooping and everything uh so i'm just getting the news and they told me that i have uh end-stage renal failure so there is no possibility of the kidney even being revived like Mm. they're gone they're gone <clears throat> so there, both of them, both. There was no function left in them. Mm. So, um, it it was a it was a tough time, man. It was a tough time just trying to figure out what's next. Uh, my daughter was maybe about one and a half, almost two years old. So, being a new father and then still trying to chase the dream, mm. like it was hard, man. It was hard as hell. So, um. I, I got the news, so I stayed in the hospital for a while, and then um, they got the treatment started right away. So, like, that night I went into surgery. They had to put a stent, you know, in my mm-hmm. chest so they can start the treatment early before the access built up on my arm. So um, they they started that, and then I started doing outpatient dialysis. So uh, my body was still in good condition. Um, what they were saying was, um, 
you didn't know you had high blood pressure because you play ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had a physical prior to that, uh, maybe a maybe a month prior because I was playing uh, in this little Philam league. Um, it's like this little Filipino league, but yeah. my coach he was well connected over in the Philippines, and um, he was trying to get me over there. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's the goal. That's what we're working towards, you know. So before the actual incident happened, that that was where I was going. We were trying to get there. And, um, yeah, it, it it happened. So I was just, you know, I had to figure it out. So I yeah. stopped, you know, playing basketball for a minute So because I had to get adjusted to everything yep. that was going on. Um, so outpatient dialysis was, was kind of different. It was like a whole life change because you have to dedicate your time. It was like four times a week, um, yeah. four hours out of the day. And um, you don't catch people in the in that center as young as me. I was like 21 at the time. So, like, yeah, I was the youngest in there. So just to see all the old older people in there, I just, you know, it, it messed with my head a lot. I was just trying to figure out why, you know, why was I there? Uh how could I get there? You know, like there's nothing you guys can do to get me out of this situation. Mm-hmm. Like I was real lost, but I just went with it because, you know, they was like, you know, that's pretty that's much crazy. your life support. If you don't, if you don't do what you need to do, you yeah. know, if you want to be negligent and don't come here, you're going to mm-hmm. get extra sick and, uh, you know, yeah. you might not be here. But, uh, that's crazy. yeah, I handled that for about seven years, man. And even during the midst of that, I was still chasing the dream. Um, I had got signed to uh, the California Golden Tigers, which is an ABA team. Uh, a lot of people don't know about the ABA. Uh, ABA was around before the NBA had its merger back in the day with wow. all the good players like Dr. J and the Iceman and so on. So um, when I started playing with them, I had a stent in, still in my chest. And um, I never told anybody because when you looked at me, you wouldn't have known that I had anything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played, I played the first season with the catheter in, and, um, after that, I played pro-am for a little bit with the believers, Mm -hmm. uh, coach Brown. And, uh, I took off my Jersey, but I had like the under armor, like, you know, the cover. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, he was like, what happened to you? And I was like, man, I got shot in the shoulder. It's some bullshit, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he didn't he didn't pay it no mind, uh, so he let it go. But um, during that time, you know, it was it was hard because my doctors was telling me, you know, it's a it's a type of wound that's kind of open. So if you sweat, you know, and you get infected, mm-hmm. you know, it's poisonous to the body. Mm-hmm. You know, you can possibly die. But you can't tell me at 21 years old not to hoop, and that's that's what that's I've crazy. been chasing my whole life to do. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's like going to another country and learning the language barrier and trying to figure something out. Right. Like you trying to tell me not to play hoop. Like that's that's, your life. that's, that's all you done. That's all you know. Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's, yeah, that that's pretty much what I dealt with for a while, a what, long time. So, and we'll get back to this point at that because got to figure out where that 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 push came from outside of your daughter but i mean you can tell me now tell us now like where did that because i mean i've seen for years people you know dialysis people pick them up take them to the appointments mm-hmm. not to people real close in my circle just i mean you know what i'm saying as far as me immediately doing it but i've had a couple of friends do somewhere how to take them too but mm-hmm. day i mean what is that like is it is that a daily process or is that weekly yeah that was a yeah that that's a that was a every every pretty much those three days out of the week for the rest of you, until you get a transplant, uh-huh. um, you talking about the paratransit where they drop the right. older people off who aren't able. Um, I didn't use that. Um, okay. Back then, I was still, you know, finding a way. I didn't have a lot reliable car, so it was times I took the bus, you know. And, By yourself? Yeah, and, you know, after Jeez. feeling drained and not, you know, being active enough to move around, I still took the bus and walked home. Um it was really me, just me, myself, and I. Like I, I, I really crazy. didn't have uh, a lot of support when I when I went through that. Um, a lot of people who were family, you know, looked from afar. You know, they, you know, they, yeah, I, I got you, you uh-huh. know, but I, I was too prideful to ask anybody for any help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just pushed through that alone. It, it, it kind of shaped me to be how I am now. Um, I don't really rely on people too much to do stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that I want, I'm going to get myself. And if you get it for me, that's just a plus. So, um, 
I struggled with that for a while. Um, I would say now to this day, like I have some PTSD behind it. I never went to go see anybody for it because I didn't think it was that serious. You know, people, we handle all our Different. problems differently. Mm-hmm. But, um, yep, yep. you know, there's been times I woke up, man, just in tears, not knowing what what it's from. Mind you, I already got a transplant at that point when I started having those. But it was just a fear of going back because the yeah. chances, the chances, you know, with it, you don't know if it's reliable or not. And at any day it it's can crazy, fail man. or whatever. But yeah. it's crazy how I got the transplant, though. Um, I was playing. I think I was I had got signed to the City Cats. Mm hmm. Before I got signed to the City Cats, I had did another round with with the Tigers, um, and I got a random call from uh, UCSF. So UCSF runs the transplant unit. That's like the best transplant unit right there in California. Yeah. So um, prior to that, there's a list that you have to get on. So it's sort of like a a physical, like they they take your blood samples, your your antibodies, everything right. else, to see um, how well your body is. So, um, it wasn't hard for me to get on the list, but, but to place the right, yeah, but to place the right kidney with the right tissues and all that stuff, mm. you know, that all that comes into play. But, um, there's a social worker, um, that's at every facility that deals with a bunch of clients day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And you rely on them to do all the social work, um, your benefits, uh, your transplant stuff making sure you getting everything that you need. And I had a guy there who, uh, he didn't do his job. So I, by this time I'm at year two, two and a half, maybe even three. And, um, one of my friends, one of my older friends, his son had passed away. And, uh, he asked me, did I want to get tested for his kidney for his son's kidney? Cause his son had passed. And, um, of course, I said, yeah. And so um, we did a lot of talking between the doctors and, you know, uh, my boy and his his, his mom and so on. And um, they told me I couldn't get it. They being like the doctor. Yeah. The transplant center. Wow. Reason being, uh, I wasn't on the list. So I'm asking my social worker in between time, you know, they automatically supposed to submit everything. I should have been on there. So that was the reason why I couldn't get it. So it was like, I can't think of the movie. Don't let me forget it. Denzel, I'm sorry. John but Q. John Q types. Of, like real life though. This is real yeah. life. Should have been on the list yeah. or been a certain, but she wasn't even on the list. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's all the footwork was me. Um, like nobody advocating for you. Nobody. No. You, you know, you, you never know, you know, the stuff that it takes in, until you get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so medication and stuff like that. Cause the reason oh, my yeah. kidneys failed was high blood pressure and I didn't know it. Okay. So, um, just learning different blood medications, blood med, you know, pressure medications, mm-hmm. uh, helped me figure out how to manage my blood pressure. Because even though I was going to dialysis, you know, you still gotta do a little more work. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's, pulling out all the toxins out of your body you know at that time you don't when you're on dialysis you you don't urinate right so all those proteins and toxins in your body they don't leave they build up so they put you on fluid restriction wow so fluid restriction on top of going i'm I'm a heavy sweater so going to practice and sweating crazy out yeah you gotta better put it back in some type of way right so you can imagine the level of muscle cramps I had all the time. Oh yeah, you're, you're not retaining anything. It's no. coming out. No, two two ways. You're playing ball and you're going through. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, man, it, it it was just an uphill battle. But once I started to ask questions mm-hmm. and started to read into the information and get everything together, then it was like, okay, now you're on the right track. But this by year three. So the transplant center calls me and tells me, uh, you know, you're moving up on the list. So I'm like, how is that? I just got on. So they're like, well, we have a new rule in place now. You've been on dialysis for about three years now. So being that you weren't on the list, we're going to reinstate those those three years. We're going to give you those three years. To push you, push you up. Yeah, to push me up. And it's all about your health. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in perfectly good shape and then there's one issue that, not- that they can fix that's not going to, you know, make it reoccur. Right. 
then you're more you're more liable to go up. You know, if all you're right. in your 50s, 60s, and you know you diabetes and got all these other type of things oh, going okay. on, you know what I'm because saying? It's like a tougher possibility, be realistically right. Like, okay, we can do all these things, but if you're not, you know, what I mean, on yeah. your end, like, kind of, it's not, you know. I, mean, I never, I never knew that behind, you know, how it works behind the scenes like that. Yeah. So if you if you don't take care of yourself or you got pre-existing uh, health issues. Right. It's more than likely it'll come back or whatever made it cause blood pressure is something you can manage. I mean, us as African Americans, I, I I think that's genetically in in us mm-hmm. to have high blood pressure to buy the food we eat, the stuff that we you know. So of course you I started change to early. change my diet. Um, right. That that also helped, and plus I was working out, so I kept working out in between. So it kept me in a really good position. That's good. That's so good. you know, fast forward to like twenty twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. I got a call, and uh, they had told me that uh, we found somebody. Can you come in? They only give you a four-hour grace period. Four hours. A random call, no matter where you at. You could be on vacation. No matter where you are working, get here. Because I lived in Atlanta for like five years. So prior to that, I was still on the list here, but I was going to dialysis and stuff out in Atlanta. So I moved back in 2016 just because I knew that time, you know, it was it could you, be it, close. It's close. Okay. So, um amongst other reasons. Right. But um yeah, man, they called me and told me come up there. I didn't I was laying down at the time oh, yeah, and just hanging shoot, out. Man. So I I packed my PlayStation and you know, <laughs> you're going to be there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Just took the little small stuff, right. you know, just and after that, that I shot out to UCSF, man, and stayed there. Um that same night I went into surgery. Um, they had pushed the hours back because they wanted to clean the kidney and all that stuff and make yeah. sure it was right. And so right. Um, later on that evening, probably maybe like two in the morning, I went in for surgery. And when I woke up, the the rest was history, man. Blessing, bro. That's yeah. yeah and I, I say usually I sometimes I take a minute on the show to get to the, the adversity part, but for me it was like that was such a long period. I got it. I had to hear like you know what I'm saying because um, it's just. Like we talk about offline, somebody else is gonna hear this and be inspired by it, or yeah. know that they can. Hey, I can, should be working out. I should be eating better. It's yeah. gonna help my possibilities of getting this thing done or change because you're not the only one that's going through it, right? Which is which is so dope. So, but I want to now. I want to get back to, or the start of it, like Oakland. Yeah, Oakland. Like you know, what I mean, I, again, my I had a couple of guests from Oakland on the show. Um, everybody from Oakland is their own individual persons, and they're 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 um, they explain in their own way. So for me, I want, just let me know and everybody else just about just where you where you originally from, where you grew up at, and what it, what it was like growing up as a youngster. Um, yeah, I'm from Oakland, but uh, I say East Oakland because yeah. you know you got to be specific when you say That's, where you from. I got out you. There. Yeah. I mean, it ain't no gang banging, but it's just you know details. We count. we all we all act different. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I grew up on 35th in Galindo. Um, mom of five boys. I'm the oldest of five. Uh, single mom. Uh, you learn hustle and grit, man, and and grind. Yeah. Um, it's easy to fall. It's easy to fall when you don't have any guidance growing up. Um, I definitely didn't really have too many role models other than uh, a couple of adopted uncles, <laughs> a couple of adopted uncles from some of my closest friends. Um, you know, they teach you, you know, how to build go karts and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, you gotta Make it other work. than sports. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, I had a lot of I had a lot of different ethnicities in my neighborhood. So, you know, if we weren't playing football, we was hooping. If we wasn't hooping, we was playing soccer on the end street. Uh, my boy, uh, Jose, man, he he was a fool. He could hoop and play soccer. So we all just hung out all the time, man, and we, we just went to the courts and tore them up, man. We went to Brookdale all the time, Brookdale Park. And uh, sometimes we'll go to Mosswood or, you know, uh, go to Carter Middle School. We'll go to a bunch of different spots. Was, and just, we was outside. Just hit them up. We, we was outside. outside. <laughs> yeah, we outside. They say it now, man. but no, we was really outside, really yeah. outside. So, you know, I just I just developed my game, man, from just playing with competitors all the time and playing with people that was always older than me. Me and my mm-hmm. boys would go to the park and always play against the adults, and man, it wasn't no mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, playing playing against those those good ones, man. We um, during AAU season, um, I played with uh, Ricky Logan, aka Coach Ham, and um, mm. and Coach John. Um, those are guys who really molded me to being the player that I am, honestly. Um, playing with them, Coach Ham was like a guy from the streets. He was from Sobrani. 
and uh he was a cutthroat dude but he you know he had kids himself on top of he was making a change in his life where he wanted to do better and help the community and help young kids that he knew couldn't afford it's this AU prices now to play on a team is ridiculous we would not play on nobody's AU team for the cost of it but back then you know he found me at a park and um he was like I want you to come play And, and you know from from there, the, the rest was history, man. We built it, and he, you know, he comes from the streets, so he understood us differently. Like um, being being able to relate is key, right? Yeah, man. Um, him just being able to relate to us and being able to discipline us, because you know we had a bunch of high heads on our team, hmm. man. We had a bunch of high heads on our team, and it, it we just had balance, but we were good though. So if he can make it work, like he can put it together, yeah. Because that mentality, though, that 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 mentality is what's needed. It's what's lacking. In, yeah, you know, like like me, I always wanted to follow like my own my own path. Like regardless to what was happening around me, I was just mm-hmm. always myself. I mean, you know. Speaking on that, sorry, but speaking on that, you said around you, right? How hard was it for you to put the blinds up a little bit or walk in a certain way without? Because again, if you people know history or hear history or see certain things, right, where you where you grew up at, mm-hmm. it was always activity going on. Yeah. So I definitely. mean, you know how, but sports was that safe haven. All around the world for kids in different neighborhoods, whatever. How did how were you able to maneuver and kind of at least maintain that that consistency on that? Well, sports sports was definitely the safe haven. It's, it still is. Um, when you when you in between them lines, it's, it's just something different, man. It brings mm-hmm. a different it brings a different just vibe. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it, your confidence and the way you think. You know, you think for others by facilitating and doing mm-hmm. certain things, and it's just your work ethic is is much harder when you when you know you're working towards something. Um, the things that was happening around me as a youngster, man, I, you know, everybody say, you know, when your kids are raised, it starts in the household, Yeah, you know, um, being that my mom was, you know, with someone who wasn't the best guy, he was definitely not the image, you know, he was a D boy. Um, he was an abusive father, uh, to my mother and, you know, sometimes my brothers, you know, um, we weren't his biological kids, so you know how that goes mm-hmm. sometimes, you know. Yep. Um, so it made me go out into the streets. It made me, you know, I wanted ice creams that time, and, you know, local D-boys on the corner, would be, you know, they got a wide full of money. So, you know, they buying ice creams, and, you know, he'd fill away, and, you know, it just was what it was. You know, I, I found homes in everybody else's home. Right. You know, um, this dude is like my brother, Nate. Uh, I talk about him in all my interviews mm-hmm. because... You know that was that's really my dog. That's like, the one. Like that's like my brother. Like I don't yeah. I don't even call him cousin no more at this point. Like no, no need to. You know uh, his mom would let me sleep on his floor all the time. Let me spend the night all the time. Kept me fed. Yeah. Uh, you know he always give me shoes and stuff like that because you know I didn't have much and then having four brothers you know having to spread that out you know okay you get this mm-hmm. kind of shoe this time. But next time you might get the pro wings or you might get the Sacconis hey. or, you know, you <laughs> make need, it work. Yeah, you got to make it work. Yeah. But, you know, I always found homes in other homes with the people, my core group that I was yeah. around. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely dope. You know, so, that, yeah, I mean, that's what it is, man. We got to make do and sacrifice for others, right? Especially, you know, right. family. I'm the only boy, though, but I have all sisters. But, I mean, um, being the only boy, I can only imagine, too, man. You the old, And you're the oldest. So, yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's so responsibility. Yeah. You know, that's when you learn how to cut grass and take out trash. And, mm-hmm. man, I was working for my landlord, man, and I, I didn't even know what I was doing, bro. Like, I'm putting up sheetrock. Yeah. I'm in there with, you know, putting installation in walls, not knowing that the installation is fiberglass. So I'm itching oh, all oh, over yeah. the place. You know, for $30, $40 just so I can feed my brothers, you know, donuts and hamburgers and stuff that stuff we like to eat. Right. You know, we was tired of the top ramen and the pinto beans and mm-hmm. rice and hot dogs with rice, ham and cheese sandwiches, you know, the Survival regular stuff. Food, baby. Yeah, yeah, you get one slice of cornbread out of the That's out it. of the pan. Right. So, you know, I did that for them and, you know, also just being trying to be that big brother cuz I knew, you know, buddy wasn't going to be around of, for a while, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, the way dope. that was going, so That's yeah, dope, man. man. Shout out, man. man. That's, that's 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 dope. That's that's big moves, man. That's that's stepping up. At an early age, when you're yeah. still trying to be a kid, um, you talked about playing on black tops, moving around. I mean, as you know now, right, Eric, people have trainers. I, I actually, all my <laughs> guests, right, they put in hours. But for you, just how many hours, how much hoop sports would you say you play on a daily basis if you just wanted to, if we had to clock an hour a day out of your, out of your day? How many times? How long was it? When, when I get in there, it's about four or five hours. When I was young, yeah, yeah all day Non-stop. long. Because me, me and my cousin Nate, like when I, when I tell you, 
we used to go down the hill and we'll play at the at the school because I used to go to Calvin Simmons. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a a black top. It was brand new with chain nets and everything. And my cousin would kick my ass mm-hmm. all the time. Playing. And man, and, and you know, he just taught me just, man, we got to play. You got to get better. You just going to get better and By get playing. better yeah. as long as you play. I learned the three-man weave just from me, him, and my other cousin yeah. just doing three-man weave up the hill all the way to the park. <laughs> up the hill. By the time we warmed up already. Y'all get to go. You know? That's what's up. And, uh, yeah, that's just, you know, that's just how it went. That's what's up. Um, man, that's super dope. High school, where'd you, where'd you land? Man, I I moved around a lot. Man. Okay, um, I went to Carter for a minute, and then uh, of course I said Calvin, and yep. then, you know, and so on. But I didn't really get into the play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because again, I had family stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was really in turmoil at that time. My brothers had got removed away from me um, from their dad. Their dad came and took them away. Uh, and he moved to Arizona mm. and uh, you know my mom was alone and then you know the drugs she started using drugs and you know everything just started going downhill so I, it it continued on for a while too yeah. and you know I didn't know it until I got older like when you know my mama needed to come stay with me and you know I found out that she was using mm-hmm. you know using drugs heroin and um, that was definitely a game changer for me as well Cause it was like I'm I'm here raising my daughter and setting this foundation and you know to see my mama fail like this and my mom's a strong individual you know what I mean like yeah. she took care of us and did what she had to do so to see her go down like that I knew it had to be bad you know mm. so yeah. yeah um well speaking I mean adversity and men- mental health in this month is suicide prevention month and just yeah. everybody athletes in general black athletes minority athletes we're definitely more um, vocal and speaking out about because back then we didn't know what that was. But at an early age, you've seen that from the single parent home, the situation with your brothers, mentally, where did that where did that put you in a state of mind at, at that point in your life? If you can remember that, like how did that feel? Was it like I just want to quit? I want to just do something else? I want to get away? Where were you at at that point in your life, seeing these things kind of fall apart around you? Well, sports was never going to stop, regardless of what was going around. Okay, um, just simply because, like I said, that was the safe haven. I mean. Sh- Man, I me and my me and my boy got arrested so derail, man. We used to hook up these uh recycling bins up on the pole and we'll play for hours till it was time to go in, man. And um again, like I said, when things was going on on the inside of the house, I'll just walk out, man. Just mm-hmm. walk out and, and, and hoop. There was nothing else really to do, man. That was that was it. That was so, it. Um and then also just realizing there's only certain things that you can control. Um, I learned that at a young age. Uh, you can only do so much, you know. Um, yes, yeah, yes. I, I'm realizing that so much now. Control what you control. It, it, it's easy to move that way because yeah. you don't, you don't. Blood pressure don't get up. You don't get. A, you kind of just. I can't. I didn't have my hand on it. I gotta let it. Just you know step away. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta step away, yeah. man. Like I, again, like I said, dialysis took a lot of discipline, bro. No, I, I'm still amazed, bro. When you said over the phone, I'm like, I don't want to hear about it now because I want to hear it in person so I can really, because I've seen it, you know, I've, but I just didn't realize how how much it told. But and plus for that long, though, I didn't know it could last that long for somebody. And yeah, that's, it, that's amazing. And you get people that stay on dialysis maybe 20 years, 30 years, but it just depends, really, because, again, like I said. That's crazy. There's only one way. You either get a transplant or you dying on that thing. And I didn't see so many people die like Man. while i was there you get what i'm saying yeah like, no i'm, I'm putting a like, picture i'm like people that's... waking people you know go, you know going to sleep and not, you know not blood pressure up. dropping and it ain't no not coming back up. people passing out at the scale when they mm. weighing in after treatment because they so light and lightheaded and right. fainting and passing out because it made sense how you described it to me was you're losing the fluids i didn't know i mean saying I, i'm not you know i didn't know it was but you're losing the fluids consistently because they're trying to pull it out of you so mm-hmm. think about it, you're taking all my vitamins all my whatever out it yeah. sucked you dry it it it, crazy, it, it really sucks you dry. That's um, amazing, man. That's so just seeing that also built me too. Like, man. You, oh yeah, you you, you got to fight, bro. You a tough dude, bro. Like, you you got to fight. <laughs> I mean, if it ain't nothing else, you do. You got to fight. Yeah. You know, you get discouraged when you see them things happen because you're like, damn, am I next? Like, yeah. You know, and then you people come through with their visitors all the time, and I, I ain't had nobody visit me. You know, and you did that solo, was, bro. That's crazy. Man, I I turn on my soundscapes. And the waves of the ocean, man, and I read for a little bit mm-hmm. and, you know, put my earphones on and I'll just tune everything out. Once I wake up, it's over. That's so, crazy, yeah, man. man. That, yeah. That's super dope. You know, I had two texts, two dialysis texts, mm-hmm. three, sorry. Cardell, Leslie, and uh, 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 
Daryl, sorry. Um, those guys, they actually made it easy for me. Right. Um, they were black techs. Shout out to them, though. Cause yeah, I mean, shout you, out to them. Somebody, like, right? They were the ones that was there, right? Yeah, you know? like, shout they still call me nephew to this day. So, like, uh, they they guided me. I didn't let nobody else touch my body other than them. Cool. And um, they they really helped me out a lot through the whole a blessing, through the man. whole process, man. That's so yeah, shout dope. out to them. Super dope, man. Before we transition to this this next little thing, man, I got definitely shot. Got this. Got the shirt for you too, my brother. Thank you. For man. those, also, got, he, he came through with the struggle made tees as he got on right yes, now. Yes. I definitely liking it, man. So we definitely gonna yeah. have to just. Oh yeah, we, I'm definitely gonna get on. You gonna see it, man. Struggle made. Find him on IG. He's on there, yeah. man. Um, you gonna see it in the post, everybody, because um, support support the movement, the brand, but again, support the story, man. Like I said, it's 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 super dope. Also, man, right now, I definitely um want to give a shout out to um live with purpose, man. Super dope, man. Duper's shirt is is fire. I like it. But then now it it makes mm-hmm. sense though, man. The, you know, struggle made with the purpose. The timing is is inevitable, like we talked about, mm-hmm. man. And last but not least, my homie Jay, man, just met Jay last week um, at Integrity Infinity Energy. Um, everybody's doing solar panels right now, moving around. But um, Jay's business, his 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 plan, his rebate right now, y'all. If y'all need some solar panels, hit up Jay, man. They provide the best service, renewable energy um, options for homeowners across tech, Texas and California, man. Their home base is in Rockland. Again, hit up Integrity Infinity. I'm sorry, Infinity Energy. Hit up Jay. Tell him JT sent you. He said he's going to look out for you. They've got a mad rebate going on in solar panels right now um, for your houses, stuff like that. Hit up Jay, man. But I'll make sure I tag everybody, man, from Struggle Made to Jay um, to Live With Purpose um, on the IG page, man. Follow the page, um, all platforms, you know what I mean? YouTube, everything, man. It's all out there. 94 Feet with Coach JT. Um, got to take care of the people, man. But, um, yes. During that time when you was growing up, bro, just basketball, though, who was some of the outside of your coach you talked to? Who was somebody maybe a little, just outside of them that you may have emulated your game after, though? Anybody you was like, okay, this is me. This is what I'm going to kind of move like. This is how I'm going to put the ball in the hole. Because, I mean, you come from a, a part of your city town where you have some some, dogs. some, na- some names. Yes, some so names. Um, well, outside of the town, it was AI. Off the mm. AI and Dirk Davinsky. Dirk, uh, huh? Dirk is Dirk in my made the Dirk, list. Dirk, Dirk is in my top ten. So why why so, Dirk though? Why Dirk? Um, very silent but deadly. Smooth. Um, step backs was crazy. Like that's that's a big part of my game. You don't know when I'm gonna hit one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he definitely was a sharpshooter. That's me. Um, he could fade away, he pass. Yeah. He, he was just all the way around solid. Dirk was very poised too. Like. Oh yeah, you know, and then when they won that championship, it was just like man, it was good to see him. him get one. Yeah, yeah. But from the town, um, believe it or not, uh, he might not know this, but um, P Forty, uh, Paul Marigny, um, Mark Quinn Chandler, Quinn. So Quinn played overseas in South Korea. My boy Aaron Haynes. Yeah, good dude, man. Yeah, and he's a bucket. And Mark Quinn always wore 35. 35. I was um, about to ask about the 35. Well, this symbolizes my neighborhood where okay. I'm from, 35th. Dope. So um, that's where I grew up. Okay. And, um, Queen solid, though. So, he, he's a good dude, man. I met him years ago, like I said, but also got up to us to watch him in Korea, playing with my yeah. boy, play against my boy, play with him. But he's just solid off the court as well, like real good dude. Yeah, for sure. He was a big, you know, he was a big who who could do everything. Um, Quinn, he's smart, man. Very. Smart. and um, Very. I still see him now every now and then and he yeah. still he still got game, man. Yeah. Um defensively, my boy and grit, toughness, my boy Ruben Lewis, man. He just passed away recently. <laughs> uh, Ruben Lewis, man. Rue, he was he was a special dude. He was a real special dude, man. And he he was just every time he got on the court, he gave it hundred and ten percent. Um, this past season that we just that just ended, he passed right before the playoffs. Mm. And um, I don't know if you heard That's about tough. it, but in in Oakland, he was at a park, and um, his kids were there. And uh, this guy was that know. the football incident? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. Yep, I yeah, sure that did. was him. And um, man, he was just a good dude. Man, he never did anything to anybody. Um, he did a lot for the community and the kids. You know, he coached a lot of AAU teams yeah, so and I stuff like that. Stuff man, like he that. you know he was a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that was another uh, that was another moment in, in sports for the first time I've ever had somebody who I played with, you know, that I knew outside of basketball who passed away. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
that was that was tough to come back, you know, come back and and play to quali- you know, play into the qualifying game to be in the yeah. playoffs without him. Um yeah, it, it was tough, man, but him his game his game was definitely solid. And he hard knows, he'll talk back to you, but it wouldn't get him out of his game cuz that was his game. Like he had that GP mentality. Um yeah, just a couple just a couple of cats, no. man, that I that no. I really enjoyed coming up. So where would you say your, I mean, again, the makeup and the situations and adversities growing up in life, man, it, it makes a person, right, that builds character. But is there any situation or any body that you can say where your grit and grind comes from? Because to get through that, everything, growing up early and then in 2011, 2017, you're still fighting. Like, you're always going, you're always pushing. Well, what is that back? You know what I mean? Like some people, as we know, right, some people say some people just got it. Yeah. But some people also either say, you know what? Moms or brother or the, your your boy you mentioned kind of was like nah he made sure you know anybody influential in that part of kind of getting you through or putting that in you. Um, I would say my mom. Um, again, like I said, I said before, you know, during all the stuff that she was going through, that didn't happen until later on in life. But during that time, you know, when she was going through what she was going through, she still is a strong woman, man. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. When I played pro am, when I played with the believers, there was a couple of them. Mike Scott, um, them, them was some t- them. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Keenan Payton. Mm-hmm. I played with those guys, and those guys was hard bodying at the time. Like I said, I had to stand in my chest. So, mm-hmm. so you had to take them. I didn't want nobody to look at me funny. Um, mm. I didn't want nobody to see weakness in me. So um, those people kept me pushing back then when I was hooping. Uh, yeah, those guys, man. Those guys that's, were special, though. Um, man, just last week on the show, we had had a player of yours from the WBA on Fatima. Shout out Fatima, Fatty. man. Buckets. Yes. Um, but for you, yeah. how did you get into that? Okay, because I mean, you're you're still playing, yeah. right? So I mean, as we know, right? Okay, still playing. But now, what what turns on the coaching bug or interest for you at some point? Like, because some people, again, it just happens, or some people like it's always been an interest of yours. Where did you fall in that category of like I want to get into this, or I'm gonna give it a try? Well, I was always told to have a fallback plan. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm very in denial when it comes to giving up basketball. So uh, coaching was like the next closest thing. So a couple years ago, I got back with uh, I got back with my old AAU coaches, Coach Ham and John. Um, they were coaching at Envision Academy in downtown, and uh, I was an assistant coach for. The varsity team at the time they had Keisha Johnson who plays okay. uh, at San Diego State, yeah. um, and then I, I was the head coach of the girls team. Um, always love women's basketball because it's very fundamental. It's very fundamentally sound, and they don't whine. <laughs> and you know, it was just a different yeah. time. And, and and Fatima actually, when she was younger, when she moved down here, we she would come to some of our open gyms and play with the boys. And that's when I first got introduced to Fatty. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, then after I finished coaching the girls, I started doing Warriors camps. So I got on to doing Warriors camps. And then after that, I did some more coaching on the side for uh, Coach D. Martin. He's another guy in the town who was mm-hmm. a well-known trainer and, you know, did what he did during his time. But uh, Coach D. Martin and uh, this WUBA opportunity actually came from Fatima. Um, she was asked me would I coach her? Would I coach their team? I said yeah. Um, we started off rocky, zero and three. Um, that was a little bit before I came. I came like into the third game, mm-hmm. third or fourth game. Um, we was always short players, so that was like our biggest thing. Like we were short players. Roster, right? yeah. yeah, like we would have people. We would have a list, and then people would say, "Oh, I got this to do and that to do." Right. Um, Fatty really was. Uh, a, a real trailblazer for that. Like she created an opportunity for women yeah. who wanted to go overseas and fulfill their dreams out or people who's already been overseas looking for another job. Um, all the stats were recorded and going through uh Euro basket. Yeah. So these players were getting saw stream live, you yeah. know, they were, they were getting seen and you know, every opportunity that lady got on her lap, she mm-hmm. was giving it to Somebody everybody else. else. That's, that's, you know, she put a lot of time into it. And, um, Definitely respect her for that, but uh, we played. We played our first game, and it, it it just worked out. And from that point on, like we didn't take no more losses. Yeah, we didn't take no more losses after that game. And you know, we got to the playoffs. Uh, first round of playoffs, it, it got real chippy. 
you know. Yeah, I saw a little footage of that. Yeah, I, that's what I told her too know. last week. They got a little. It, it got tough. Yeah, man. Them the teams from L.A. came down, and you know they was they was scrappy. They mm-hmm. was scrappy, but we had IQ and we had solid players. Um, and then just you know me telling them like regardless of what we go through, we got to fight. We you know we might start off and they might go on a five. And, Five and old run, yeah, or right. we might go on the ten and old run. But this and game is a, is a possession game. Whoever got the highest at the end of the quarter <laughs> win the quarter. Right. So we got to keep win at it, man. We got to fight, and um, it was single elimination, and we beat. That's we the beat, tough part. We beat the team uh, that we were supposed to beat, and then we played. Uh, I think we played L.A. Mm-hmm. the L.A. team in the championship. Took care of business. Easy, I definitely watched that. Yeah, that easy was, money. <laughs> uh, that's but, definitely yeah. dope. What uh, what would you say? Because, I mean, I ask myself this sometimes in my coaches. From player to coach transition, what has been the – give me the biggest thing you said you have to – or two biggest things, whatever, you had to, like, adjust from being a player to the coach. <laughs> now, because you got to go approach something different, right? Patience, because uh, when, you, when you're on the sideline, you see things that they don't see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the screaming coach. I'm, I'm, I might have gotten mad once, maybe once or twice, but it's because it's – it's mistakes that can be easily corrected. Um, us as pros, you got to know, you know, how to adjust without getting into your head. Because some of us, you know, we have that mentality. Once they get down in the head, it's kind of like everything mm-hmm. goes down. But it's like, again, like I said, that's not me. I'm going to fight to the end. We're going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing. You don't know what's going to come out of it. Right. So that that's basically how we handled it the whole season like we had a lot of adversity we had a lot of he say she say going on about our team because mm-hmm. you know Fatima was you know the commissioner and right. all, all this other stuff but that had nothing to do with her yeah, as a play. basketball player right you know um and I feel like she got a lot of slack for that you know and um we won man like right. we we won there was nothing that could be said after that that's dope so this question I'm, I'm gonna take it a step further now how are you as a Young black male, able to, from East Oakland, mm-hmm. um, able to, even for me, right? Have, we have to code switch. Okay. From coaching to doing interview right now to speaking to people, is that something you've worked on or been around or somebody kind of shaped you or just through a life experience you're able to be like, okay, I have to be able to do multiple things no matter how I look or how I dress, but I still can articulate to people. And have you ever had it come to a point where people question which, who you are or what you're doing because of it? Um I think in life we learn, we learn different things. Um, I definitely wasn't a public speaker until I had to speak to kids, but that was something easy for me because growing, I was I was them when I was young, mm-hmm. you know, um, just guiding them. They always need to see an example. So you know, if I come in, I got my gear on, and you know, they like, okay, who is he? Mm-hmm. Like you know, and you know, my coaches and stuff, you know, they introduce me all the time and let them know what I do, you know, you know fabricated nothing you know and i think just being authentic kids can see through fake all the time yeah Um, no filter for real no filters they know (laughs) and so you know as long as you can be an example and you know speak to them in a tone that they respect um you get their respect um you let them know when they're doing good you let them know when they're doing bad and i feel like um today is an age with aau man it's a totally different ball game um, it's a lot of expectations on these kids now. Um, these kids be 10, 11, 12 years old, and they're already talking about NBA prospects. And I, I'm just like, how do you see that in a 12-year-old? You know, those were things that we weren't we weren't taught like that. You know, we were taught to play against whoever mm-hmm. and play. We didn't know what opportunity really meant back then. We were just playing basketball. But right. now, it's, you know, it's just different. But... I just keep it real, man. I keep it real all the time. And, and, you know, they respect that and they love me for it. That's what's up. So, yeah, just being myself. That's, that's, that's all good. you can be. That's good. Um, currently right now in, in, in your area, town, wherever you're doing, what you got going on, man? Anything that you want to let the people know about? What's going on? Or um, you know? Struggle made. I'm, uh, I finally got my um, LLC and everything for okay. it now because I started off you know, selling shirts. Yeah. And these ones right here are just the staple tees. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and business start going. So, so I was like, man, I got to slow down. I can't really put nothing else out until I get this paperwork right. <laughs> All the way. You know what I'm saying? All the way. Yeah. You know, it's easy to sell stuff, but then once, you know, you start getting deep into it, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, is this what you really want to do? Is this what you really want to push? 
all right, well, you got to get the paperwork done. Right. So I stopped for a long time. Like, I ain't pressed up no shirts till it was time to come here. Like, I, I got a bunch of designs and stuff that I have just sitting, you know, that mm -hmm. I'm ready, getting together to put out. So in the next couple of months, I'll be having some new stuff dropping. That's what's um, yeah, you definitely got to cop some more. Definitely I'm still working on my game. Um, yeah. Supposed to be going to Mexico. It's been a whole lot of up and down with that um, just because of COVID situations. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I'm I'm working, man, just living normal, working a job, you know. So, and, I, and, I, so, and I'm sure you, you definitely, you, you started struggle made initially when? This year. This year, too. Okay, so right yeah. now, so this is yeah, even better. Yeah. So we're both in the same kind of boat with the, with the gear, right? Mm -hmm. um, give me some of your, right, let me say, the, the couple of the hardest things going getting it started has been for you. The creativity. Okay. I'm not an artist, not by a long shot. Mm -hmm. So um, figuring out how I want the design to look, because I get stuck because I want it to be original. Always. I don't want it to look inspired. I don't want to take what somebody already has mm -hmm. and, and put my own twist to it. Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, being trying to be authentic with everything has been the hardest. Okay. Um, Give me your biggest reward or so far, like biggest accomplishment so far out of it. Um, my, I call him family too now. Uh, my cousin, uh, Brahma. Uh, A.K.A. S.N.L. Looch. Uh, he's a designer, cut and sew designer. Um, he does African dance. Uh, what else that boy do? He uh, he's a stylist. Everything for many celebrities. Um, okay. He dance and coming to America too, and the whole uh, Kanye West uh, Sunday service. Like he's he, you know he's he's deep in the game. You know his his cult his African culture. Um, they they're Senegalese, okay. um, and he's been doing it for a while. But uh, he just inspires me sometimes to to really get into my into my fashion bag. I mean, I I can dress, but right. it, you know, just trying to figure out certain Somebody looks else, and how right. how to place it. You know, I always call him like I called him today. I'm like, hey, I'm going here. This what I <laughs> you know. This what I got. This yeah. what I'm thinking about putting together. And you know, he, yeah. he brother, do this, do that. That's good. That that look good right there. That's so, good, man. Uh, that's good. Yeah, shout just, out to him, man. That everybody needs somebody, or you know, what I'm saying that that support, that help, or that experienced person, right? Like he got experience in the game. Yeah, so he he also it. put me in. Um, he so, got my clothes in two different placements videos. Oh yeah, uh, Brody yeah, B's yeah. new video. He okay. hasn't dropped it yet, but in uh, Brody B's new video, he's wearing some of my stuff. Yeah. Uh, this lady by the name of Listen to Tish. Uh, to she got some of my clothes too, and um, he just constantly whatever he does, he you know he creates opportunities for himself. He always putting somebody else on. Yeah, and, and he always call me first, you know, and say, you know, cousin, look, this is what I'm about to do, you know, okay. or I'm about to style this person, you know, send me some of your stuff that you got now, and you know, yeah, say no more. I think that's the one of the thing again we talked about that pre-show. How I definitely use this platform to have people use each other as connections, bridges, or support factors to help everybody win or as we say eat or whatever because it's, it's yeah. out there right it's out there but you got to be willing to do it yeah and do it wholeheartedly yeah you know what i mean so i was like as soon as they do i'm like what size are you like what size i wear what size i wear cool but now i know when i wear it i'll make sure i wear it. people see who it is i'm gonna send them direct to you link link yeah. them right here hit them right here and then that's that's the dope part about being an entrepreneur having your own thing because nobody mm -hmm. can i can give my stuff to anybody they can't tell me i can't give it to somebody else you know what i mean so right. i think that's the one dope thing as far as that goes but man. you know you build you build you build organic relationships like that um in our city oakland is is getting a lot better with you know supporting each other but you know there's still a lot of hate going on you know people people look at certain situations and look at themselves they start to self-reflect and figure out like what is it doing what is he doing that i can't do right um and i always look at it as you know apply yourself you got to apply yourself and yeah. again i'm not the the biggest mogul or none of that you know i'm still a work in progress as mm -hmm. well but you know it's about giving things a try like if you don't try you don't know what you're gonna get out of it yeah i think it's that slow grind too man because as we know that quick overnight thing will look good yeah yeah but it don't happen that that one percent is for that one hit wonder or something like that or somebody else who gets you know some people get blessed with that one thing yeah. that just takes off but really everybody who i talk to even in this business right now and this they're like jt i've been doing this for years i'm like i would never know because it was either behind the scenes but they kept doing it mm -hmm. and i'm like okay so i mean that's how i mean that that's how struggle may started honestly yeah. I that started that was just a catchphrase for me at first. Okay, because people was just like, man. But it missed it missed something. He, he struggled. May like, 
you know that's just what it. I you know and then I, I I went to my cousin Ty mm -hmm. and I was like hey you think you can make me a struggle made shirt like yeah. she's like alright what font you want how you want to do it blah blah mm -hmm. blah so you know that's what we came up with and so from that point on I wore that shirt maybe about four times and I, people just kept asking me yo what's that you know yeah. man I like that I like that saying you know would you this your line and I'm just like it could be <laughs> they got a sign right? yeah it's and, it's stamped behind it though. Your story is stamped behind it because yeah. it's your story. But it's I mean you're living it now. You can you know and that's the super dope part, man. Um, yeah, that's how I usually come to play. And on all the shows now, man. So like, in hoop night, you know what the triple threat is right? Pass, dribble, score. But now for for you, for your city, for people who are listening, people want to know about struggle made. What would be your triple threat you can give to anybody listening or watching the show? Give me your triple threat right now, just for you. Um. Something that I can pass to them is the knowledge behind the scenes, um, somewhat of what it takes to start your own stuff, um, figuring out, you know, getting a wholesale license and, you know, getting picking fabrics and things that you're, you know, basically just figuring out what it is that you're going to do with your clothing line. Um, also, it can be it can be life too though. It don't got to be just struggle made and clothing. Line. It could be the story. Well, if you put it like that, then, yeah. you know, um, you know, we we learn through experiences. Um, that's where we gain the knowledge on things. So we're able to relate to things based on different subjects because we have somewhat of an experience or have someone near us that, that experiences. Um, I just pass the knowledge down, uh, pass the knowledge down. That That's what I do all the time. And then, you know, eventually you're, you know, you get a sister to help somebody to help somebody. Uh, like we saying, hoop help the helper. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So just you know, just sharing, sharing your experience, and, and you know, passing it along, and maybe whatever it is that you go through, you can help inspire somebody else. You know. So that's just where I'm at with it. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. So y'all heard it here first. Um, Frank Scott, man. Again, the story is definitely dope. Y'all, y'all share the story. Send it to somebody else if they may need to hear it. Um, tap in with Struggle Mate. You can find them on social media, on the IG platforms. Um, again, the audio for the podcast is on all platforms. YouTube channel, subscribe. That way you never miss a drop or you know you never miss a live episode, man. Because, um, again, through the connections, mm -hmm. um, through Frank, other guests, man, I'm going to keep this thing rolling and just try to use the platform for everybody to just, just get their story out there also. But also, like we said, just reach out to somebody else and help support somebody or be a bridge for somebody else who... Um, who needs it? You know, like I said, we never know, man. Uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming down, making that ride down to, down to the heat from the Bay, man. I know it's, it's, it's hot here, so I definitely appreciate it, man. But best of luck, man. Hopefully Thank you get back over um, overseas, over the water, or, or to Mexico, wherever your heart desires, bro, and, and keep playing. And again, for me, though, to you, bro, like I said, that's it's amazing. Like I said, I just did a little background work. You sent me the bio, bro, but... Um, you're a strong individual, man. I, as a, and again, I think this is one thing we can say as a black man. I respect, man, but I got love for what you've been through because that's to me that's unfathomable. But yeah. you survived it too, though. You're a survivor, so it's like you know what I mean. Somebody else, I'm I'm sitting next to somebody who did it. So yeah. you know, I feel like anybody out there is like, look, man, hey, I'm living proof. Like I'm, there's no lie. There's no you know what I'm saying this is a live stream for a reason. Yeah. My man is right here, man. I'm shaking hands with this guy who's been through it, man. So, um, man, for me to everybody else be safe out there. Prayers with everybody. Um, Man, leave a like and a comment below. And uh, this is Coach JT, man, signing off with 94 feet. Man, Frank Scott, man, appreciate you. Thank you. Peace. Appreciate you.